Welcome to the Cat Katibi Podcast, your source for all things health, happiness, and beauty. We're here today with Cassandra Wilder, who is a naturopathic doctor, an herbalist, a yoga instructor, and the goddess ceremony retreat leader and creator. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much, Kat. Could you tell us a little on your origin story, how you found this path and realized your purpose? Yes. So I think I, like many women that are probably listening to this podcast, did not grow up with tools to live an empowering, vibrant, fulfilled life. And so like many of us, it was a slow, slow reclamation, slowly picking up these pieces along my journey. Um, But in terms of the natural health, when I was 13 was when I made that that claim that I was going to be a naturopath when I grew up because I was so fascinated by the human body and how people had been healing themselves for since the beginning of time. And so it really began this journey of reading all of the diet books that I could find and, and understanding the theories behind it all. Um, and so I later went on to do a degree in nutrition, but found that to be such a disempowering experience because it was a lot of information that I didn't believe in, right? That once you get diagnosed with a health problem, it is for life. There is nothing you can do about it. And all we can do is manage it. And that was so far from what I believed the body was capable of. And so it wasn't until I went on to do my doctorate that I really found a community of people that got it, that really talked about how we can be empowered in our healing journey and how we can give our body the tools that it needs to heal. And so alongside all of that, I was beginning to study sacred women's circles and more of that spiritual component to healing, right? Because it's not just what do we eat and what do we drink and how many hours of sleep we get per night. There's also how do we speak to ourselves? What kind of environments do we put ourselves in? And do we have a community that stands beside us through this healing journey? And so it's been a beautiful fusion of the science and the spirituality and really finding that that is the key to long-term healing. Wonderful. So I have two specific questions from members of my community. So I'm going to go ahead and ask them. The first one is she's vegan And she says she's suffering with extremely painful endometrius cramps, cystic acne, and anxiety. So what kind of recommendations would you have for someone dealing with that? Mm. That's a great question. And it's so common when we have some sort of hormone balance to see multiple things like that come up. And of course, um, the cause for everyone is going to be a little bit different. And so I would want to know if she's been on birth control before or if she is currently and if she's received any treatment. But beyond all of that, just some general recommendations, um, some things I'd want to know is, is she getting enough iron in her diet? And there are many amazing plant sources like red raspberry leaf tea, which is a phenomenal way to nourish the body with iron. But when we're deficient in iron, we can see more of those symptoms really become exacerbated and far more uh, chronic, we could say. Um, Another really lovely thing that she could add in is additional fats into her diet. That's going to help balance the hormones because the hormones need cholesterol to produce enough estrogen and progesterone and all of those. And so we could add in some additional coconut oil and avocado, sesame oil, olive oil, to really make sure we're at least getting those foundational blocks set up, and then to be able to see how the cycle shifts and regulates from that. Wonderful. That's very helpful. 
the next one, she has high testosterone and estrogen dominance with acne and very painful menstruation. Mm. Yes. Oh, I so feel this one. This is a boat that so many women are in and I'm going to try to not go down too many rabbit holes here, but this, this is a big thing. And especially when we're seeing estrogen dominance, we have to look at environment. And so one way that women inadvertently get a lot of estrogen that is not bioidentical that the body can't process and therefore stores is through our sanitary products. So from our pads and tampons. So if you're buying commercial pads and tampons, you are likely getting a massive dose of estrogen every single month. And so one of the easiest things we can do is just switch to another option. Organic pads and tampons are great, but I prefer for clients to switch to something like a menstrual cup or thinks, which are like period panties, because then we're not getting this additional estrogen every month. And the reason why these products are so popular right now is because women are realizing, wow, when I stop using chemical laden products, I'm not in bed for days at a time in debilitating pain. Wow, my cycle actually decreases in length and in terms of how much blood is actually flowing. And so that is crucial. And then of course, diets. Are we eating a lot of soy? Are we uh, you know, ingesting a lot with plastic? And so we wanna look at why the body is storing this estrogen and then start to gently detox that. What do you suggest for women with hormonal migraines? Are there any maybe herbs that you recommend or lifestyle changes they should consider? Mm, wonderful question. And with migraines, there's usually a really deep root connected to it. And so it's not just that. There's there's so much more going on in the body. So that's really the like, uh, it, we hear that that saying, you know, your body will send you whispers. And if you don't listen to it, then it starts to scream. And so the migraine is the body getting to the point of screaming like, hello, there's something going on and we need a little bit of support. And so, um, like you said, so often it is tied back into the hormones. And so making sure that we have enough minerals in our body is one of the best ways to address this head on. You could do that with things like red raspberry leaf, as I mentioned, or nettle leaf, which is high in every mineral and every vitamin. Absolutely amazing. And women see huge, huge shifts just from adding that into their diet. Um, but we also, again, want to look at possible environmental toxins or overall toxicity. And so it would be good for us to address the sanitary products as well as our body care products our soaps, shampoos, conditioners, um, because often when we're experiencing something like a migraine, there is just a built-up level of toxicity. So we need to cut off the source that is feeding into that every month. Are there any diets or herbs that you recommend in general? It's a million-dollar question, right? <laughs> what, is the, what is the one right way to do this? Um, there are some herbs that I think are wonderful for everyone, and that's red raspberry and nettle. There are a lot more that are really lovely for balancing the cycle, but those are a little more reserved for the right time and place. Um, I think the biggest diet thing that I could recommend for all women is to just eat lots of good, healthy fats and to throw out anything that is not a healthy fat, like canola and cottonseed and vegetable oil. You know, if you can buy a gallon of it for $5, it's a pretty good sign that it's a garbage oil. So making sure you're getting lots of healthy fats and some good protein sources, whether you're vegan or eat meat, there are options 
um, so that we have those foundational blocks for our body to build upon. When are women supposed to get their periods? I've heard that it should be corresponding with the cycles of the moon. Is that true? And what are some ways that women can help regulate their cycles? Yeah, wonderful question. In most cultures around the world, about 90% of them, women would bleed together during the new moon time. And so that is when the sky is black. We can kind of imagine the moon pulling within herself. And as women, we tend to feel the same thing when we're on our cycle. We feel a little more introverted. Our energy levels may be lower. We maybe don't want to be a social or we don't want to be around our partner. We're, we're kind of in this phase of deep introspection. And yet in our modern world, so often we're A, not taught this and B, not given the space to really feel into what this experience is offering us every single month. So there isn't a wrong time to bleed. Some women do like to sync up to the moon, which you can do. Um, but in terms of just regulating your cycle, there are so many good tools. And so if you're not on birth control and want to create more regularity every single month, get closer to that 28, 30 day, uh, day cycles, some really good places to start are to simply embrace the experience. And it sounds really simple, but how many of us have gone into our cycle every month resenting it and saying, this is the worst and this is a curse and why do I have to deal with this? And when that's our belief going into it, we're going to experience a lot of discomfort and it's going to be a really, really annoying, inconvenient experience. So just shifting your perspective is massively crucial. But then also making sure that we are using empowering products as we bleed, as I touched on, making sure that we're nourished with our minerals and then vaginal steaming, which I think we'll talk about in a few minutes, is one thing that I'm seeing massive, massive benefit with, with my clients that have extremely erratic, irregular cycles. I have heard that sometimes women can sync up their cycles with maybe the alpha female of their group or just the women around them. And I have mm -hmm. PCOS, so I have very high hormones, estrogen, testosterone, DHEA. And every time I get my period, I'll cause my female friends to get their period, <laughs> even if they just finished their period. I've even made my postmenopausal friends get their period again after maybe a year or so of not getting their period. Mm. And it's kind of like the running joke around here that people call me and find out if I'm on my period before they'll come and see me. Uh, so have you heard of something like that or am I just like weird? No, you're not weird. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? I think that that shows the power of the feminine cycle. And it's one of the things that science can't explain. We don't know why women can sync together simply by spending time with one another. And so to me, that that sums up the experience of the feminine, which is the mystery. It's not meant to be understood. Mm. So let's get into the vaginal steaming. What is it used for? How does it work? How do we do it? Well, it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> it's all you need to know, really, right? No, so it is a practice that is thousands of years old. It has been done all over the world, really since the beginning of time. But we see evidence of it in areas like Hawaii and Mongolia and Western Africa, New Zealand, and Australia. And so it's nothing new. It's been simply an art that's been lost for a long time. So traditionally, it was used for a number of reasons. The most common was to heal postpartum. I think we hear a lot about getting pregnant and then being pregnant and then birth. And then it's kind of like, all right, well, you got the baby now. So see ya, right? There's no support often for women that are healing. And 
obviously for anyone that's had a baby, you know that there is months, if not years of healing to go on. Um, and especially if we had an episiotomy or if we tore, there is so little support for the healing process of that. And so traditionally, this was the primary use for it to help women heal after birth. But it's also been shown to be very effective for fertility, for yeast infections, bacterial infections, pH imbalances, as well as things like endometriosis and fibroids. So basically the all-encompassing tool, it's super easy to do. You just work with some organic herbs and I can share a couple of general ones in just a moment, but ideally we would formulate one that's specific for us. And then you put that uh, the herbs in a big pot of water on the stove. You let it boil for about 13 minutes. You put it on the floor and then you will squat over it. Or you can do, if you're familiar with yoga, kind of a frog pose where you put your knees really wide and you put your hands down in front of you. And you let that steam rise up inside of you for 15 to 30 minutes twice a month. Is there a specific time in your cycle that you should do this? Yeah, so ideally we would do it right before we menstruate and then after we menstruate once there is no more blood. And if you don't have a cycle anymore, then it's nice to just do it with every new moon and full moon. Yeah, it's lovely. Have you had a chance to try it? No, I haven't. I just heard that Gwyneth Paltrow does this. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) She's kind of the one that, you know, introduces these cool things to the mainstream. Isn't that funny? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's an amazing practice. I highly recommend it. I've heard about womb healing sessions, even here where I'm from in Miami. But what is a womb healing? How is it done? And how do you know if this is something you need to seek out? Hmm. There's lots of different ways to work with womb healing. Some practitioners will do it just from an emotional counseling-like setting. As women, we tend to store trauma within the womb. And so maybe you've gone to a yoga class and you've heard them talk about your hips and you get get in those deep hip openers and people start bawling in the middle of class and they have no idea why. Well, hips is part of it, but the womb is really where we store these experiences. And every human being has experienced trauma or heartbreak or devastation of some sort. And in our modern culture, we don't often have the space to navigate these emotions. And so what do we do? We store them and they affect the rest of our life experiences. They become how we perceive reality. And so truly, I think 99.9% of all women could really benefit from womb healing. So you can do more of that emotional uh, setting, more of that holistic counseling-like setting, or you can actually do a hands-on abdominal massage where you are massaging the low belly just above the pubic bone to help move stagnation So this is helpful for women with the emotional side of it, but also with physical imbalances, things like fibroids or experiencing infertility. And they are very, very nourishing sessions that allow women to start to explore these deeper layers that maybe we've disconnected from or forgotten about entirely. So womb healing doesn't have anything to do with something you would do if you want to get pregnant. It's just for general care. You know, I've had some women come to me as part of their their process of getting pregnant. And I think we, I mean, this is again, kind of a rabbit hole, but we know that emotions can manifest into physical health conditions. And so especially if there is a lot of shame or deep rooted trauma within the womb, it is possible that that could be related to fertility. So especially if a woman is trying to get pregnant, I think it would be a wonderful, wonderful practice to ensure that We've resolved the things that we need to in order to create a nourishing space for this little being. 
And why do you feel that in this time in our society, so many people are experiencing fertility issues, women and men as well? Yes, it is. It is on the rise and it is so heartbreaking for people that want to want to be parents and they experience struggle and my heart really goes out to them. And it is such a deep rooted issue and there's so many layers to it, but it comes down to those, those foundational elements of life, the food that we're eating, the environment that we're in, our emotional well-being, the, the people we spend time with. And so when we're working with someone like a naturopath, ideally we're, we're being looked at from that full perspective, not just you know, your hormones are out of balance. So here's this, but really offering that supportive space for them to consider what maybe needs to change. Um, so when I've worked with women with some severe fertility imbalances, both women and men, we're addressing the nutrition, we're addressing their sleep patterns, we're supplementing with some good minerals and herbs, but then we're also making sure that that emotional component is addressed. Because if that is not addressed, then I think it's a very uphill battle. You mentioned sleep. So how do you feel that sleep affects our hormones and health? Yes, it is something that is so crucial for hormones and overall health. And yet we don't hear about it. And, you know, the, the average doctor may not ask you how many hours of sleep are you getting per night or what is your average rhythm like day to day? Our sleep is our opportunity for the body to restore. And so there's a lot of different theories behind it. And like, what are the ideal hours to go to sleep and the ideal times to wake up? But at the very least, for hormones sake, you just need consistency. And so I see this a lot with women that, for example, maybe are nurses. And so three days a week, they're up at like 4 a.m. to go to work. And other times they're you know waking up at 7 or 8 a.m. And it doesn't seem like that big of a difference, but regularity is key for the body, or especially people that are working night shifts and going completely against the circadian rhythm. That is a big manifester of stress in the body, which is going to throw everything out of whack. So if there's one thing you can do with sleep, go to bed at the same time every night and wake up around the same time every single morning. Do you believe in getting sun every day or do you think I, by a window is enough? Yeah, great question. I am a huge proponent for vitamin D. And so if you can get 10, 15 minutes of sun exposure every single day, that's ideal. And for people that live, you know, maybe in Alaska or Canada or the, the Midwest where you don't get a ton of sun half the year then supplementing with a high quality fat soluble vitamin D is going to be really, really essential. Could you tell us a little bit about the yoni eggs? How do we know if they would be beneficial for us? And I asked this because a while back I, you know, I saw that this was, I think it originated in China or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. So I bought some and I tried it, but I was able to hold the smallest egg with no problem. So I figured maybe I don't need to do this. Was I wrong to quit? Am I missing out on some sort of additional benefits that I didn't know of? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. So yoni eggs are amazing for a number of reasons. Like you said, they did originate in ancient China. So they were always made of jade, which is why they're also called jade eggs. And what I love about them is it was actually illegal for women that were not of royal status to use them. And so to me, what that indicates is it's easier to control disempowered people. If people connect to this sacred space, they connect to their cycles and their bodies, 
they become empowered and it's pretty hard to control empowered people. So as soon as I heard that, I was I was in 100 percent. So these are amazing for a lot of reasons. One, to strengthen the pelvic floor. And so especially after having children, this is common. If you pee a little bit when you do a jumping jack or you go to Zumba, that's a weak pelvic floor. But it's amazing. Even women that have never given birth are showing signs of a very weak pelvic floor because we're sitting in chairs and not in a squat stance. So that's one thing. But it also helps to resensitize the vaginal canal. And so this is so common with women. They experience numbness. They have a hard time orgasming or experiencing pleasure. Or maybe they need things to be really abrupt in order to feel anything. And so that is one of the best tools to help resensitize this space in a really gentle way so that we can experience pleasure. So even if that small egg was was fitting, which is wonderful, it shows that your pelvic floor is likely quite strong, it will still help to resensitize. And because we're working with a crystal or the gemstone, that is going to be offering some, some healing properties as well, like self-love or that healing of trauma, et cetera. Wonderful. Because I do know about really young girls that already have problems um, when they laugh or whatever, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll pee a little bit. And it's just so <laughs> crazy that that's happening to younger and younger girls. Yes, I know. It used to be just if you had a baby and now it's most people. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about your goddess ceremony retreats? Can you walk us through that experience like a day to day, what you would do? Yeah. So I created these sacred immersive experiences for women after I'd been leading sacred women's circles for a number of years. And it was powerful to give women the space to connect and to be around like-minded women and be able to be vulnerable and authentic and raw. But within two hours, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much depth that is possible. And so I created a retreat experience where women could really have the opportunity to disconnect from the normal world, eat beautiful, nourishing, organic meals made by chefs, sleep in luxury lodges in nature, and then again, be in this immersive sacred experience that allows them to really dive deep beneath the surface. And so at these retreats, we are reviving sacred practices that women have done for thousands of years that have simply been lost over the last few centuries. And so we're sitting in circle the way we have since the beginning of time in in a way that is embedded in our DNA And talking about what it means to be a woman, talking about our bodies and our cycles, talking about the moon phases and what it means to live an empowered life. Basically, everything we should have been taught, but that likely none of us were. It's so, so disconnected now. And so they're really, really a special place for women that feel that hunger to reconnect or to know themselves at a greater level or, or even just have that opportunity for rest and reflection. They are such powerful spaces. That sounds really lovely. Like, I feel like we need more of these type of experiences for women. Mm-hmm. Yes, we really do. Have you heard of um, the wild yam cream that's supposed to mimic uh, natural progesterone? And do you feel that that's a good tool for women to use? Yes, if it is a very, very high quality one. And the the supplementing with hormones is controversial, Um, but some people say, you know, if you're using one, like a wild yam cream, it's being derived from a plant. It's not synthesized with all this other stuff. It's better. And I would agree with that, but only if it's a very, very high quality one, because they are often, even if they're natural, 
added in with other things, with other hormones that are cheaper. And so depending on your brand, it is a great way to boost your progesterone. Um, and a common symptom of, of low progesterone is low libido. So if you feel like you've lost that little spark or if you feel like, again, pleasure or orgasm is very, very difficult, then that could be a good place to gently start to supplement. Do you have any recommendations for brands that you like? I do. Let me make sure that I tell you the right brand. It is called Anna's Wild Yam Cream. Yes, I, I did hear about that one. Yes. And it's a little more expensive, of course, but quality here is essential. And I just started working with it personally a few months ago because like anyone in natural health, right? We're like our own guinea pigs. <laughs> so we don't recommend something until we've tried it and see if we like it and what the efficacy of it is. And I've been absolutely amazed by how it has changed my cycle and supported me throughout the month. Can you give me a little bit of examples? Yeah. Well, so it has helped to regulate my cycle even more. And I've done you know, so much over the last decade or so to restore my cycle and come back into balance. But with the last couple of months, my cycle has gone from about 33 days, which is totally normal and absolutely fine, to about 28, which has been really astounding. And then the last couple cycles, I've had zero cramping. And over the years, you know, with everything I've done, I've been able to to have next to pain-free cycles. But I couldn't believe having zero pain, which where I literally was forgetting, like, oh, yeah, I'm on my cycle. I should go change my cup or I should, you know, be a little more gentle today or take a take some space to rest. I was blown away by that. And that's the biggest change I've made in the last few months. How do you feel about maca supplementation? I think it's wonderful, especially if, again, we're experiencing that low libido but it's also high in most minerals. And so it's an, a nice little kick to the body, a nice little rev. And yeah, especially when I have clients that are specifically wanting to get their libido back, get their sex drive back. It's a great tool that works really well for most women. And do you have any recommendations for, say, women who've already gone through menopause and they have low libido to get them kind of a libido back? Yes, the maca would be a wonderful place to start. The vaginal steaming would be wonderful. That's one of the best ways to support the body post-menopause. And if you're in the midst of menopause and experiencing hot flashes and all the symptoms, it's wonderful. And then two for women in that age, you know, again, this is bringing in that emotional component, but asking if they feel fulfilled overall in their life and, and diving a little deeper into maybe why they're disconnected from this space of creation and connection, there's often a lot to that. And especially women that are in that age age range right now, likely they were not taught any sort of tool for empowerment or connection throughout their lives and have likely selflessly served others forever. And so that's a big question to ask them. Are you feeling fulfilled? Do you feel connected? Do you feel safe to experience pleasure? I have a daughter. So I'm always thinking about when she goes through this change and she starts menstruating, what kind of things should us women who have daughters tell their daughters when this change happens to kind of empower them and give them tips to ease the process? Yes. Oh, I love that you're asking this. I love that this is becoming more 
common and most of us didn't have very empowering experiences with our first cycle. So it's, it's a big deal for us to change the experience for these young women that are, that are going to be changing the world and, and are so much more aware and connected than likely a lot of us were. So one big thing we can do is to show them by example how we perceive our own cycles. And so they're looking to us to see what we experience month to month. So if we are complaining about it or, you know, saying that's the worst and you're going to have to deal with it, then that's the perception that they will embody and personify. And so we first and foremost need to embody a healthy connection with our own cycles so that they can see what it looks like to enjoy a beautiful, beautiful opportunity every month and to do so with gratitude and bliss. So that's crucial. And also to give them more empowering tools than we had. So for most young women, I highly recommend starting them out with the period panties. They work amazingly. There's no leaks. They're cute. They're not like boxy diapers or anything like that. And so from that very young, tender age, we can get them started out with a tool that is empowering, that isn't going to fill their body with chemicals and will allow them to understand their cycles. Um, And then also just creating a celebration around it. Traditionally, you know, women and the whole community would gather together to initiate a young woman. And while that may not necessarily be possible anymore, we can make little little shifts to support them. So maybe part of that celebration is we, we go on a girl's lunch or this is my favorite. I've had a few women share that their partners, their husbands will go and buy their daughter flowers to welcome them into womanhood. And I just, that astounds me to think what would our experiences have been like if our fathers had embraced our cycles and affirmed that? That sets such a standard for the kind of men that we will be with later in life. That sounds so sweet. And I like it because, you know, in some traditions they have like a coming of age party, but mm-hmm. we've kind of lost that. We really have. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. So the little things like this are reviving that. Mm. And what are your favorite healing herbs let's say you're feeling under the weather what are some of your go-tos some of my go-tos I like simple personally and so I'm a big fan of things like ginger and lemon things like that really can supercharge everything but rose hips is another big one Um, it's the natural form of vitamin c and so most vitamin c is ascorbic acid which is really not that ideal of a form of vitamin C. So rose hips are lovely because it's just an herb. They're full of vitamin C. And I tell you, if you feel sniffles coming on or you feel a little off, just taking a couple of those will rev up your immune system. And are you still practicing naturopathic medicine with private clients? I am, yes. My practice is predominantly online. And so I work with women all over the world that want to regulate their cycle regulate hormones or help uh, get pregnant. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit of your daily rituals, your morning routine, night routine, things that you do every day so that you can bring balance and health to your own life? Yes. I am all about slow, intentional mornings. (laughs) That's my favorite part of the day to be able to wake up and really slowly ease into the day. So 
99% of the time, <laughs> I don't check my phone first thing in the morning. I leave it on airplane mode because I know as soon as I turn that on, I'm going to be sucked into clients and emails and Instagram and all the distractions. So really creating that that sacred little window of time when I can still be with myself and not connected to, you know, the interwebs. It's a really, really potent time for me. So I love to Palo Santo myself in my home in the mornings to make some matcha green tea and to go and drink that on my porch, to be in nature, to meditate with the sun. Those are the little practices and rituals that allow me to stay grounded throughout the rest of the day. So as soon as I turn on that phone, it's, it's go, go, go. And then in the evening, same kind of thing, turning off my phone about an hour before I go to bed and starting to wind down, doing some restorative yoga poses if my hips are feeling tight and journaling or reading is a practice that I really, really love to cultivate. Awesome. So um, let's see. What kind of services do you offer other than the one-on-one naturopathic consultations? I know you have the retreats. Are there anything else that you do? Yeah. So I also do online trainings for women that maybe don't have the capacity to come to a retreat or you know live in Europe or something like that. They can do online trainings to learn how their bodies cycle with the moon phases, how to balance their hormones. That's a really powerful one. And I also have a women's circle course. So for women that want to bring this sacred tradition back into their communities, it's such a powerful way to understand the art of circles and the art of holding space and how to really cultivate a a safe container for women to be raw and authentic. And that course has been my baby, (laughs) my favorite thing to offer and teach and to see women go out into the world embodying that leader role is, is really powerful. Are there any last words that you'd like to leave our audience with? Hmm. A reminder that learning how to understand your body and your cycles is the most empowering, life-changing thing that you can do. Your body is so incredibly wise. And when given the tools that it needs, it does have the capacity to heal. So even if you've been told that it's impossible, that you're the exception to the rule, that things aren't just just not going to work out for you. I really challenge you to look beyond that and to take your healing into your own hands. And it's one of the most empowering things that we can ever do. I love that. Thank you so much. And can you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah. So my website is goddessceremony.com. So there you can see the retreats, the trainings, you can book a one-on-one naturopathic session with me. And we also have the Goddess Ceremony podcast where I blend the, the linear with the woo. So if you like kind of this combination of these two seemingly different worlds, you may love that. And I'm on Instagram at wildgoddess. Thank you so much, Cassandra, for being with us today. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you made it this far, I'm sure you found some benefit to the hard work that I put into the show. Show your support by subscribing to the podcast. Leave me a voicemail question or email me at thehealthfulgypsy at gmail.com. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Be sure to join the Facebook group. You can find all that information in the show notes and my website, 
katkatibi.com. This podcast is for informational merrymakings and metaphysical purposes only. Statements and views are not medical advice. This podcast, including Kakatibi, disclaim any adverse effects by the use of information you may have heard. Opinions of guests are totally their own. This podcast does not endorse statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications, credibilities, or sanity. Individuals may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to on the podcast. If you think you have a medical problem, consult with a licensed medical physician, not just the spirit of your ancestors while on ayahuasca.